coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So I did a Google search and was really excited that I even thought that there might be a sweetened tea bag. Google had absolutely zero search results, not even one thing, wow. not even an Etsy person. I don't even know if Etsy was a thing back then. This was two. And it is not often that you think of an idea and somebody hasn't already thought of it. Exactly. Right. Right. Especially something so obvious. It seemed mm-hmm. yeah. very obvious to me because the products are already go together. But I also had this other burning longing for me to create and continue to create something entrepreneurial. So the sweetened tea bag idea had never left me in all those years, probably 10 years at that point, nine years. And I did another Google search, did some more research and decided to start a business and do what I needed to do to figure out how to bring a product to life, which I've never done before. So then I started exploring with flavors and blends. That's when I really discovered how difficult it was to source ingredients in an ethical way. I know, I did not know that they all came from the same tea plant. And my mom told me that years and years and years ago, and I thought she was just... You know, you can't always believe what your mom says, you know, (laughs) even though mom's usually right. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Ashley Haywood. Ashley is the founder and CEO at Embrew Sweetened Artisan Tea Bags right here in St. Pete. After Ashley, we're going to chat about our latest delectable made-at-home meal from St. Pete Meat and Provisions. We We have have a great great show, show, so so stick stick around. Dat's Restaurant in downtown St. Pete not only has some of the tastiest food, they are also unique and creative. They're the home of comfort food with flair, a foodie wonderland filled with bacon, cheese, and house-made breads. I love their shrimp and grits, which made our top 10 list. The trick is they use cream cheese and an Indian makani sauce. They also have a bunch of great burgers that use certified Angus beef. And two that they're famous for are the Cheesy Todd where instead of a bun, you have two bacon jalapeno mac and cheese buns, and then the double D, where you have two whole glazed donuts instead of a hamburger bun. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I love the spaghetti in meatball, ginormous meatball, stuffed with spaghetti inside the meatball, then served on top of more pasta. 
They also have tacos, fish and chips, meatloaf, pulled pork, grouper sandwich, salmon, a great steak salad, and tons more. They've got a huge location with lots of outdoor seating, and the inside is as spacious as it gets, great for social distancing. They're right in the heart of downtown St. Pete on the very first block of the famed Central Avenue, 180 Central Avenue. Their website is datstampa.com, and on Facebook you can find them at dats for foodies Check out Dats in downtown St. Pete. As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in their barrels of water to get rid of that brackish, well-watered taste. They uh, didn't get scurvy anymore, so they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. Please welcome the founder and CEO at Embrew Sweetened Artisan Tea Bags, Ashley Haywood. Welcome, Ashley. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here, guys. So Embrew is a local St. Pete company that has created the first ever sweetened artisan tea bag. And the teas are responsibly sourced, direct from farms. The tea bags are unbleached, and it's all high-quality stuff. And by the way, I'm drinking the uh, iced tea that I made overnight with your instructions. And we're going to, we'll get into that too. That's one of the things is you need to know how to do it right. Don't just like throw it in the microwave. That's not the right way to do it. Agreed. But we're going to get into all that stuff. We want to learn more about you. So where, where are you originally from Ashley? Originally from a town North of Baltimore, Maryland called Bel Air, not the Bel Air, like the Fresh Uh Prince. Yeah. I've heard of Bel Air, Maryland. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because I grew up with the Fresh Friends of Bel Air, and so it was always the cool thing that we lived in Bel Air, but East Coast, not West Coast. Right. That's funny. <laughs> well, we have a Bel Air here, too. <laughs> so, and then what brought you to Florida, and when did you come here? I moved quite a bit after I left Bel Air, and I went to school in South Carolina. I went to Clemson. I'm a tiger. After that, I stayed in the South, moved to a couple of different places, met my husband in Charlotte, North Carolina. We moved to Costa Rica after we got married and ended up in the Tampa Bay area in St. Pete in 2012. After being laid off from a job in Costa Rica, we, we came here. I am the type of person that likes to move forward, not backwards, so try not to go to the same place that I've been to already as far as living. So we ended up here with his near one of his sisters. She took us in and our dogs until we could find a place here in St. Pete. And boy, am I glad that we landed nice. here. Awesome. So you're married and you have dogs. Uh, had dogs. Repl- yeah. <laughs> how, how long were you in Costa Rica? <laughs> Two and a half years, almost three years. <laughs> Two of which okay. were... Okay. Difficult. It is a really hard thing to live in a third world country. 
And we finally started to get into the groove mm. of things just in time to be asked to leave. <laughs> not not really asked to leave, but what were you doing there? I was I worked for an online poker site at the time. So I was a brand manager for two. Oh. Of the, <laughs> Which yeah. one? Absolute Poker and Ultimate Bet were the poker sites that I worked for. And there was a Department oh. of Justice crackdown on online poker sites at the time. And in 2012, right. there is this. Wait, thing that's called, why it was in Costa Rica. Right. So Costa Rica is known for. I guess headquarters for online gaming and online sports, but sports betting. Right. Funny. We were having a conversation, different, different stuff about like offshore hosting of things. Mm -hmm. Right. 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 No, I I only asked you which one because I used to play all the time on pure play. Oh, cool. I don't know if you know them. I'm not familiar with them. And I, I I worked there from 2009 to 2012. So I have a very short window of when I was familiar with all of that. As soon as I got out of the industry, I was no longer in interest. It wasn't really my thing. It gave me an opportunity to move to Costa Rica, make good money that was relatively low taxed and learn, really learn Spanish um, and kind of build my, my career in a foreign country, which was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then when you're done, you're done. Right. Exactly. Yep. On to the next thing. <laughs> I moved to St. Pete and ended up getting a job in e-commerce after that. So it was a really great stepping stone for St. Pete. I worked for Iron Man, the triathlon company. Their headquarters is in Tampa and I was oh. an e-commerce right. manager and really helped them build up their online sales presence for merchandise. And that is a perfect foundation for then later wanting to start my own business, product-based business to sell online. Right. So are you doing this full-time now? I am. As of August, 2020, I am now full-time in the business. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. So did you just leave the Ironman no, actually, I worked for Iron Man for a couple of years and moved on to HSN. So I worked for the Home Shopping Network, HSN, which was then bought by QVC about two and a half years ago. And I worked in e-commerce and right. mar- marketplace sales for them for six years and then was laid off. They had a, a small layoff for their business globally. Right. And I was happily right. able to take a severance and move on into my own business. <laughs> it, it happened at the nice. perfect time. Yeah, that's that's very nice. So wait, before we move on, one quick question. Did you ever do an Ironman? No, I did not. I am not that dedicated of an athlete. I, <laughs> I, I have done a triathlon. Um, it was great. It was a sprint, they call it, which is a, a fraction of what an iron man is but it was really cool to be around so ashley what caused you to start embrew and what's behind the name embrew i i'll start for with your first question which is how did i begin the journey and i i love to tell the story because it just 
gives you a really clear picture about who I am as a person. I was living in Charlotte. This was before I married my husband and I drink tea habitually uh, throughout the day. I've never really been a coffee drinker. Caffeine really bothers me and I don't like the way that it makes me feel. So tea was always the go-to and I admittedly was a low-grade grocery store tea bag sort of person and I always wanted just a little bit of sweetener in there. So on a daily basis, multiple times per day, I'm sweetening my cup every time I brew. And I right. really just wanted a product that had it all together so that I didn't have to keep doing that and take that one step out. So I did a Google search and was really excited that I even thought that there might be a sweetened tea bag. Google had absolutely zero search results, not even one thing, wow. not even an Etsy person. I don't even know if Etsy was a thing back then. This is two. And it is not often that you think of an idea and somebody hasn't already thought of it. Exactly. Right. Right. Especially something so obvious. It seemed mm -hmm. yeah. very obvious to me because the products are already go together. Right. And I couldn't understand yes. why there wasn't anything like that. But I was more disappointed than anything back at that point. <laughs> yeah. I was I was about three years, four years out of college, and I wasn't in the mindset to create a business around something like that. I was career right. oriented. So, I thought, let me Google search this. Mm -hmm. Darn it! Now I have to start my own company. <laughs> well, that didn't come until way later. So then right. I got married. I moved to Costa Rica. I thought about it again. And searched for it again on Google a few years later, just kind of waiting for one of the big tea companies to come out with something so that I could buy it. And they never did. And I continually looked until, I don't know, 2015, I guess. Mm -hmm. 2015, I had already had my second kid by then. And I really was looking for ways to make my life easier and make tea just faster. I mean, I couldn't really get around the fact that it would get cold every time I made it because I didn't right. have a chance to drink the whole cup or even just more than a couple of sips. But at that point, I was struggling as a parent. I mean, I don't want to say new parent because it had been two and a half years or three years at that point. But I had I felt like I had lost my entire identity as a person. Mm -hmm. I was a completely different person at that point as far as what I did on a daily basis. And I had a full-time job. I wasn't a stay-at-home mom. I felt in my soul that I could never be that. So you have but two full-time jobs. <laughs> I, I, at the least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. And, and my husband, of course, is still there <laughs> trying to remember to make time for him as well was a difficult thing. And so I was constantly just giving myself to everything for everyone else. My right. full-time job, both of my kids, my husband, and I, it's so easy to fall into the trap of forgetting about yourself in that right. situation. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do well with it. I wasn't ready for it. I knew that having kids was going to be a commitment and I hesitated and wasn't sure if I wanted kids. But once I was in the 
in the situation, I knew that I had, I wanted to do something for myself. And that to me (laughs) was bringing something significant into the world entrepreneurially. So I had done it with two babies and wow, is that significant? But I also had this other burning longing for me to create and continue to create something entrepreneurial. So the sweet and tea bag idea had never left me in all those years, probably 10 years at that point, nine years. And I did another Google search, did some more research and decided to start a business and do what I needed to do to figure out how to bring a product to life, which I've never done before. Now, branding, e-commerce, online marketing, that was something I knew how to do. I could build a website. I could take photographs. I could write copy. I I knew email platforms. So all that stuff was, it was really nice to have the skills to be able to put that part in motion, but I had never created a product. And I just really wanted something that tasted good and was super easy. And the the great thing was you had the idea and you had the skills to execute on the side that most people don't know how to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's great. But then it turns out I'll jump forward just for a second, just to kind of close off that part of it because it would feel and seem like, I would be most comfortable in online marketing in that arena. But even though I've done it for large companies, it is very different when you're doing it for yourself and Mm -hmm. you're putting your own money into those programs. Uh, I've been, I've treated it very differently and it's obvious that (laughs) I have an attachment to money that's different when it's my own than when it's right. Right. I think that would be the same for most people. (laughs) Holy cow. So I've literally been working on that just mentally for the last six months to get out of my own way. Right. Right. No, I I understand as a realtor, I have that problem as well in marketing myself. Mm. (laughs) And I realized I have to get out of my own way too. So I've been doing that, working on that for the last few months. It's a big deal. It is. It is. Yeah. So you had all that knowledge, skills, and experience, but now it's your own money and maybe not as the same size budget either. Right. Right. (laughs) Certainly not. not. And we didn't have a number that we wanted to start with as an investment. I kind of didn't know how to estimate what I would need because it's easy to say I need X number of dollars and I'll spend it all, but how can you create something with barely anything and Mm -hmm. just put it out there and make sure that people actually want this thing. So then I started exploring with flavors and blends. That's when I really discovered how difficult it was to source ingredients in an ethical way. Mm -hmm. There, there are a lot of, hurdles when it comes to getting visibility into the supply chain from where the ingredients originate from. It is nearly impossible in a lot of ways if it weren't for certain companies that helped to open up the tea trade in a way that helps small growers in other countries have access to buyers in the United States. Because most of 
How long did it take you to do that, to be able to find that type of sources? Well, I didn't even know that I, that sourcing tea would be unethical. I just thought, okay, I'll find a supplier that has really great tea and, and different ingredients and I can blend them together. It wasn't until I started searching and, and you, you end up finding, I, I ended up finding several suppliers who touted themselves as direct traders or fair trade. And so that piqued my interest because I'm very uh, eco mind, eco-friendly minded when it comes to mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Um, recycling, saving the planet, you right. name it. Um, I, I realized that there were companies that were dedicated to creating a fair wage for farmers in other countries because in the typical supply chain, farmers might make 10 to 15% of the final retail cost of the product, which is... Right, because it goes through so many hands. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Ashley, we're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back in two minutes to talk about some really cool tea stuff. We'll be right back. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oats Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, Open Daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North, and in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah, I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, Best Casual Dining, Best Pizza, Best Bloody Marys, Best Meatballs, and, believe it or not, Best Salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. 
the spaghetti and meatballs. It's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding. You know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 1030, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. Let's go to Noble Crust right now. I'm in. Let's do it. We are back! We are back! We are back with the founder and CEO at Embrew Sweetened Artisan Tea Bags, Ashley Haywood. And we've been talking about uh, responsibly sourcing, uh, which is not that easy. Uh, and having you know better treatment of the, the farmers and better pay for the farmers and also a better product. And one of the things I mentioned in the opening is that the tea bags are unbleached. There's no string or staple, and it's all high-quality stuff. And something interesting that I learned this morning is that tea is the second most consumed beverage in the world. Wow. Who knows what number one is? It's Wine. coffee. I thought coffee. It's water. Oh, water. Oh. Okay. So, the, yeah, you're right. Duh, I didn't know that was one of water, the ones on the table. Water, tea, and then coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, tea, I, and I also had no I thought coffee was number one. I had no idea tea was more consumed, but I guess coffee might be, maybe it's more American, maybe, I guess. Maybe. No, it's, um, it's not because it's more American. It's because so many people drink iced tea. And the, uh, the volume, the volume that people are consuming of iced tea will far and away beat coffee because people don't drink iced coffee the same way that they drink iced tea. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. I'm drinking iced tea right now. I want to talk about that in a second, but I'm going to give you the rest of the list here. It's water, tea, coffee, orange juice, beer, soft drinks, wine, vodka, energy drinks. (laughs) I would certainly have thought that the alcohol would have been higher on the list. Yeah. My my number one's gin. (laughs) It didn't make the list. (laughs) And I also learned that all tea comes from the same plant. It's how it's processed that makes it the type of tea. That's correct. And the part of the plant. Oh, okay. So, So different types of tea also come from different parts of the plant? Yeah. So, for example, white tea is the first leaf that comes off in the spring. So, Uh. it's a very delicate new leaf that comes out and they only nip off the first or second leaf and then cool. the you move down the stem uh to create the wow. other types of teas as well that's pretty neat they they do a similar thing with um cigar tobacco like different types right? of cigars uh premium cigars come from different parts of the plant huh i didn't know that mm-hmm. pretty cool and i also learned that oxidation is the processing stuff that has the greatest impact on the tea type as well that's right so that makes the difference between a green tea, an oolong, and a black tea. Right. So what's yeah, interesting. Learned, go ahead. I also learned that green tea, Chinese green tea, is different than Japanese green tea. Indeed. So Japanese are using steam to process for the oxidation. And in China, I forget what the heat source is, but it's different. So they use steaming or pan frying. Uh, right to and that stops the oxidation process actually so right they they have to heat the tea leaves immediately after they pick them before they start oxidizing in order for them to process it as a green tea and they do that in the two ways that you described pretty cool it interesting is. i know i did not know that they all came from the same tea plant and my mom told me that years and years and years ago and i thought she was just 
you know, you can't always yeah. believe what your mom says, you know, <laughs> even though <laughs> right. mom's usually right. But then, yeah, sure enough, I learned the same thing and apologized profusely. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, one of the reasons tea is such a popular drink is because of iced tea. And I was watching your video on your site, which is mbrew.com, E-M-brew.com. You have a really cool YouTube video on there. And you were talking about, you were just saying how you take the tea bag and you put it, put some water in a mason jar, put the tea bag in there and cold brew it overnight in the fridge and then take it, take it to work in the morning. And I thought that was a cool idea. I've never done that before. I would always make the tea like hot tea and then let it cool down. Yeah. It's similar to the concept of cold brew coffee where it is a lower acidity and Mm -hmm. doesn't have the same bitterness. The tannins don't come out quite in the same way with cold water as it does with hot water. So what I like to do, I formulate the tea bags for and brew with extra ingredients so that you can a use a larger cup. Most tea bags are for eight ounces and an eight ounce cup is not big. (laughs) A normal size coffee cup is about 12 ounces. So that's what I formulate the tea bags for 12 um, for a 12 ounce cup. And I put enough ingredients in there so that you can get a second steep out of the same tea bag. Now, right. the sweetener will dissolve out, so you will have to add something to the second cup, but it's still a really great second cup of tea. So what I like to do, especially with some of the blends like the green tea or the oolong teas, I, I brew a hot cup at night, but I don't necessarily want a second cup. So then I put the used tea bag in a mason jar full of water and cold brew iced tea oh. for the next day. So cool. you, get, you can get a lot of distance out of the same tea bag. All right. I'm doing that with the rest of my bag. Of yes. tea bags. Don't throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> I just because of you, actually, Ashley, I've started getting into tea and learning about it and finding out that there is a difference between supermarket stuff that I would just throw in a mug of water and put it in the microwave. Anybody listening, if you get Embrew tea, don't do that. Follow <laughs> the instructions right on the front of the package. Uh, so I have the steamed honey green tea, which comes from uh, Malawi, East Africa. And I like on your video how you say, if you brew it right, it doesn't have any bitterness. And that's true. Correct. Yeah, I have a lot of customers that say that they don't like green tea because it's bitter. And as I'm talking to them and presenting to them at events or, or whatnot, I will kind of challenge them to say, well, let me show you what a properly brewed green tea tastes like. And mm-hmm. more often than not, they come around and they say, wow, man, that is not what my experience has been with green tea up to this point. Some people will leave right. the, the tea bag in way too long, or if they're doing loose leaf tea, they'll use too much, um, or they'll ah, scald right. it with hot water, with boiling water, because you absolutely do not want to use boiling water on green, most green teas. There are some that are right. fantastically high quality, and you can't mess it up. But the right, and that's I learned that's the mistake I was making. I would basically boil the water, but a few years ago on the coffee side, we got, we started getting into French press and we bought the, um, the water uh, kettles. Gooseneck kettle. Yeah. That has the thermometer on it. Mm -hmm. So I can go like your directions say 175 degrees. I can get the water exactly to 175 degrees. Easy. Use a measuring cup to measure 10 to 12 ounces and then set my timer. The instructions say three to four minutes. So I set it for three and a half. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And And it's amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that worked for you. What I tell people too, is if they don't have a temperature control kettle, they can boil the water, but then at the bottom of your cup, fill it up with about one third 
or one quarter cool water and then mm. pour the boiling on and that should be about the right temperature for you to brew. There you go. That's cool. And congratulations are in order. Uh, back in, I think it was October 2020, you won St. Pete Pitch Night and that's put on by Greenhouse. Their website is St. Pete, S-T, Pete greenhouse.com and they're an organization that they uh, provide different types of help and services and consulting to entrepreneurs and small businesses and they run this St. Pete pitch night and you won congratulations thanks it was super awesome yeah it was like kind of like shark tank I mean, not in the same way, because I <laughs> am not exactly negotiating a part of my business for the right. money, but I mean, it was a significant prize. It was $5,000 and $5,000 nice. can go a, a really long way for a small business. Totally. Absolutely. And it yeah. was, it was just- did you do some of that marketing? It did. It got me through the Q- Q4 marketing period and I was able to start my application for trademark, which I had not done up to this point. Uh. So yeah, that was that a going. big, yeah, I, so because it was a side hustle for so long, I created everything for the business, all the branding, all the packaging, everything. And then in two, at the end of 2019, I decided, you know, if I'm going to take this the distance, I need to rebrand and pay a branding agency to give me a logo and a look and feel and, a, and position me in the market with not just the way that I look, but the way that I speak to my customer. And so I, mm-hmm. I went right. down that road. I used hype group in St. Pete. They do amazing brand work and I couldn't be happier we, we, with the result. Well, <laughs> yeah, her and her team are do fantastic things. I, mm-hmm. I was thrilled at what they came back with. And they are just an amazing group to work with. So at that point, I didn't want to file for my trademark until I had the new brand and logo because right. that I didn't want to have to reapply. And I probably just used that as an excuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But you filed at this point? I did. So I filed for three trademarks in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the waiting period for them to review my application and How long does that take? They say on the website about three months, but it can depend on whether there's any dispute that the USPTO website or the government body that approves trademarks, if they have any hesitation because it looks too similar to someone else, or you have a name that is similar to a business in the same category. There are a number right. of reasons that it could be delayed and yeah. you, you would have to go back and forth with them. It could take up to a year Mm. if there's issues. Wow. And also you don't want to make it too broad to the categories you're trying to claim because then that'll, that'll mess you up as well. Right. There is a sweet spot between being too broad and too narrow, Mm -hmm. but no pun intended, (laughs) but I am looking to, I applied for a trademark on sweetened artisan tea bags, that phrase itself, which. Oh, cool. The patent attorney that I, or the IP attorney that I used, he said he thinks that we can get it, but he thinks we're going to have to fight a little bit for it. Because if you're too generic, they won't award you with a trademark because it's too much of a general English phrase. Right. Um, So if I said sweetened tea bags, he said I probably couldn't, 
I, I most definitely wouldn't be able to get that. But because right. I'm adding that qualifier as an artisan made product that hopefully we can get it. Yeah, cool. Good luck. I hope you get it. Thanks. Yeah. So currently, from what I see on the website, you have uh, 15 products. I counted 10 hot teas and then five cold brew. And then there was one more that was like a sampler pack and an assortment. So, yes, you're you're correct. But some of the the ones that are on the cold brew page are also on the shop all page. So I have about so, 10. Oh, okay. I have about 10 blends at any given time, give or take. I have seasonals that kind of flow in and out. So right now the seasonal is strawberry yopon hops. And yopon is a Florida grown species of plant that is native to southeastern United States. And it's caffeinated. In fact, it's the only caffeinated oh, wow. plant that's native to the United States. Yeah. So it's kind of and making s- a Say that one again, what, what the name is? It's called Yopon. It's a type Yopon. of holly. And you can actually go to a nursery locally and get a Yopon holly for your yard. So it grows oh, huh, wild huh. here and you can grow it in this particular climate. So all you have to do is learn how to process it. And you can go to mbrew.com and buy the tea. <laughs> yes. And so I, so what are, what are some of the uh, most popular ones that you have? My most, my two most popular flavors are creamy honey oolong, which is my personal favorite. It is oh, just an amazing light, lightly oxidized oolong that gives you this creamy texture and flavor. Mm. That's like butter. I mean, it, wow. I have never experienced this flavor in a tea before. And it, really changed my life. I mean, if you talk to tea people, they will tell you that they they have encountered a life-changing tea and this one was it for me. Oh, cool. Now I have to get some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we did, we were shopping at Brick Street Farms on okay. Saturday like we normally do. Mm-hmm. And we saw you on the shelf there. Yeah. They've been a really great partner. I love selling through retailers that have a similar mindset and they are right. definitely one of them. I love their concept. Who else um, do you sell through around here? I So you'll find my tea being served at a couple of restaurants and okay. coffee shops. Uh, Dats, St. Pete, and Doe in Tampa have nice. been a, a good customer of mine. So you can taste it there. Uh, Doe, mm-hmm. you can actually buy the retail bags as well and take it home with you. Nice. Uh, on the St. Pete side, the location... Um, they have a limited assortment of what you can get at the restaurant, but left mm-hmm. bank bistro on MLK left bank mm-hmm. bistro yep. is a really awesome French bistro and they have been serving my tea ever since they opened and they have the full assortment there. Great. Mm-hmm. So the, nice. you can taste it there. Um, Java is a coffee house in South Pasadena. They also carry the tea or serve the tea. And then you can find the retail bags at the merchant on the 600 block of central Avenue. They curate a bunch of local, locally made like artisan goods, which is a really fun. Have store. you uh, talked with Roland Oates? I have talked to Roland w- with Roland Oates, the buyer, it kind of plays hardball. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm working on him. I, did uh, I don't even want to jinx it, but I'm working with Earth Origins and hopefully we'll nice. be in there soon in two locations. That's great. Yeah. So I'm just tiptoeing into the grocery space. The whole, you know, the 
organic grocery space to get an mm -hmm. idea and a sense for how to have those conversations as I grow um, and right. start small and see if it's good for my business. I'm, I'm pretty hesitant to go into the grocery space because of how expensive it is. So they mm. really get you down on the margin. You mm -hmm. usually have to work with a distributor. So they're taking even more of your margin. And then they expect you to pay for promotions. And yeah. bottom line is if you're not doing an extreme amount of volume, then it's really not profitable. Yeah, so, the, right, the big right. grocery spa space is brutal. So this is why I want to kind of see what works and see what doesn't. And if I can control how I get the product into the stores, without working with the distributor, I'll do that as long as I can, because it's really easy, I'll tell you, to box up a few cases and send it off at a wholesale price versus really struggling and working hard to make the sale at full price direct to consumer. So right. I, right. <laughs> it is, I, I, you know, I crunched the numbers to see if it was a viable option for me at this point, and it is. So mm. I'm going to keep Good. it going as long as I can and see That's what awesome. happens. Right. But yes, you can absolutely buy directly from the website. Excellent. And that is again, mbrew, E-M-B-R-E-W.com. Yes. And Ashley Haywood, thank you so much. Yes, Ashley, thank you. You're so welcome. I am thrilled to be part of your group and I really appreciate the time that you've spent with me today to learn about my business. It means a lot. Likewise. We'll be right back. Keep on moving. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth. And the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, Ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? I, again, would like to confirm that this is not a vegan podcast. Although we do love our vegetables, we really love our meat, and... We love our Italian food, too. Mm -hmm. So the home cooking trend continues, and the owners of Il Ritorno, along with the owners of Hype Group, last year created St. Pete Meat and Provisions, and we made the best dinner the other night. It was so good. I made homemade from scratch tomato sauce, and we paired that with fresh-made spaghetti from Il Ritorno and spicy Italian sausage, both purchased at St. Pete Meat and Provisions. 
And it's also the same ownership as Greenstock, Salad and Wraps place. And they're on the 400 block of Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete, both combined into one. They are. And it's so easy to order because you could just order right online and pick up right there yeah. at Greenstock. And you can set a future pickup time if you want. Oh, and like, they're doing delivery too now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. From St. Pete Meat, yeah. They're doing Uber Eats. But like, say you think of, at like 10 o'clock, you think of what you want for lunch and you want to order it while you're thinking about it. You can order it at 10 and say, I'm going to pick this up at noon and they will have it ready for you right then. Right. So for foodies that want better quality food than your average supermarket stuff, St. Pete Meat and Provisions provides restaurant quality meats from local organic farms where the animals are free range, treated humanely, and raised with care. They have beef, poultry, pork, and lamb. Great steaks. We had one of the best steaks ever from there. Oh my gosh, yes. That Bur- Wagyu. Yeah. That wa- Wagyu skirt steak, Australian Wagyu. Mm-hmm. They got burgers, short ribs, great chicken cuts, duck breast, legs, and I finally remembered to buy the duck eggs. And they were good. <laughs> they were awesome. They sell them by the half dozen, and they are just, they're just so fresh and delicious. And they're about the same size as extra large chicken eggs. Right. But the yolks are larger and creamier. Yeah, and brighter too. Mm-hmm, they are. Better for Instagram and Facebook photos. And something else to say about that sausage. When they say spicy Italian mm-hmm. sausage, it really is spicy. I know. I love that. It was good. I just, I, it's one of my pet peeves when something on a menu is described as spicy and I'm like, to who? Right. <laughs> a, right. Ba- a baby? So keep in mind, as I said before, green stock's in there also. You can get house-made dressings, seasonings, and rubs. Uh, that, like I said before, the Il Ritorno fresh made pasta is amazing. And I definitely recommend the hummus. Mm-hmm. So check out St. Pete Meat and Provisions and Greenstock in the same location at 449 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. Their hours are 1030 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And you can order on their websites, which are stpetemeat.com and eatatgreenstock.com. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to St. Foodies Podcast. We have a new review on the website of LaSalle's Barbecue. They're doing Texas-style barbecue out of a stationary food truck on MLK, right across from Pineapple Espresso. And that's on Friday and Saturday only for lunch from 11 to 3. And we recommend that you get there early and check out the review on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, we'll be talking to Jason Gordon and Ashley Simmons from 727 Prep and Three Rivets Catering. If you want to get in touch, just drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Ashley Haywood. Thanks to St. Pete Meat for the delectable treats. And thanks to our sponsors. Dats. Rollin' Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And, and Engine, Engine Number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold.
kind of tea do you want? There's more than one kind? We have blueberry, raspberry, ginseng, sleepy time, green tea, green tea with lemon, green tea with lemon and honey, liver disaster, ginger with honey, ginger without honey, vanilla almond, white truffle, blueberry chamomile, vanilla walnut, constant comment, and Earl Grey. Did you make some of those up? I think I love sleepy time. That sounds good to me.